Good evening, Chair Wiley and Sustainability Commissioners. This meeting of September 9th, 2021 is being held pursuant to Section 3 of Executive Order N2920 issued by Governor Newsom on March 17th of 2020, and all members are joining this meeting telephonically through Zoom. Welcome, Commissioners and any members of the public. Uh, we'll start up by requesting Elena to take roll call. All right. Commissioner Palmer. Here. Commissioner Cooper. <laughs> I'm not sorry, I heard. Uh, Commissioner Thompson. Here. Commissioner Cornelia. Here. And Chair Wiley. Here. All right. Uh, five of seven members are present, and there's a quorum. Thank you, Elena. Uh, one bit to just call out up top is that we do have an omission on the agenda that we're going to propose that we discuss at the end of the meeting, and that is the future agenda items. So that was just left off this time. So, Elena, do we have to action anything to move that? Uh, if you want to motion and second, you can add that to the agenda items. It's a procedural item. Okay. So, uh, so moved. To move to, to, to agenda items to the bottom of the agenda. Mark moves. Thank you. Anyone second? Second. All right. Thank you. I'll call the roll. Um, Commissioner Palmer. Hi. Commissioner Cornelia. Yep. Commissioner Cooper. Aye. Commissioner Thompson. Aye. And Chair Wiley. Aye. All right, five motion passes. Um, and that item is added to the agenda at the end. Thank you. Okay, so the first item on the agenda is public comments on items not on the agenda. Melina. Uh, members of the public may comment on items not on the published agenda at this time. Public comment is limited to three minutes per speaker after which speakers will be muted. Are there any members of the public who would like to make a public comment? Please raise your hand in the Zoom application, which can be found under the reactions button at the bottom of your screen. To raise your hand from a phone, press star nine. And I don't see any raised hands at this time. Okay. The next item on the agenda is the approval of the meeting minutes from the regular meetings on June 10th and August 12th. Do I have a motion and a second to approve? Thank you. Second? I'll second. Thank you. All right, I will call the roll again. Commissioner Palmer? Aye. Commissioner Cornelia? Aye. Commissioner Cooper? Aye. Commissioner Thompson? Aye. And Chair Wiley? Aye. All right, motion carries. Okay, we move to external presentations and uh, the next uh, section. So I'd like to welcome Christina Rourke from the Marin Climate and Energy Partnership, who's going to give us a presentation on the, 2000 and, the 2019 Sausalito Greenhouse Gases Inventory Report. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Yes. 2019 report. Okay. Over to you, Christine. All right. Uh -huh. Thank you. 
Thanks for having me um, here tonight, everyone. I appreciate your time. And yes, I'm presenting the 2019 inventory report. Unfortunately, because of all the data that we need to collect for these reports, and primarily because of the emission factors, we wait for these emission factors to be released. Um, PG&E always takes some time. So it's the last year that we have all the data that we need in order to produce these inventories. I, um, I know that the, present, the, the report itself had been distributed to you, was attached to the minutes. And I have a brief presentation if I just share some slides um, to kind of do a quick summary of what was in that report, just hit on some of the highlights. So let me pull up my presentation. Okay, and I assume everybody can see that? Yep, all right, great. So the Marine Climate and Energy Partnership has been in existence since 2007, and it's a partnership of all the Marin cities and towns, the County of Marin, plus some of our public agencies, um, MCE, the Transportation Authority of Marin, and the Marin Municipal Water District are all members. We work together to implement um, CAP programs, what we have that are kind of uh, across the board in all of our climate action plans. And one of the important things that we do every year is complete these annual community greenhouse gas inventory reports. We also do municipal inventory reports. We do those about every five years. They're very data intensive so um, and require some staff time. So we do those a little bit more infrequently. Uh, things don't change as often with the municipal inventories, but we feel like it's more important to kind of do the community emissions inventories especially because government operations typically only um, contributes about one, maybe 2% of the overall community's um, em emissions inventories. I think this might be the third or fourth time that I've um, re reported back to your, uh, to your commission. So some of you, this may be familiar what you're about to see. Um, and I'm happy to answer any questions at the end of the presentation if you, if you want some more detail about, about what I'm presenting tonight. So um, in general, there are, our inventory that we do is an in-boundary inventory, and that's different than a consumption-based inventory. So the in-boundary is really looking at emissions that are generated or are created within the city limits of Sausalito. And we're really trying to focus on emissions that from sources that we, the local government, or the community has more control over. A consumption-based inventory would include things like upstream emissions from like the mining, um, growing of food, producing of products, packaging, shipping, um, food protection, air travel, any kind of emissions that a person might be responsible for when they're outside of the, um, outside of the community. Those are all in a consumption-based inventory. Um, this shows kind of the difference between those. So in our in-boundary inventory, a typical household, an average household, I should say, in Sausalito is creating 14 metric tons of carbon dioxide equivalent emissions every year. And the consumption-based inventory 
um, shows that that's about 42 metric tons. So we're only getting capturing really about a third of the emissions inventory of uh, the emissions in our inventory. This 42 metric tons is what was reported in a, a consumption-based inventory that the Bay Area Air Quality Management District produced back in 2015. The data actually is from 2013. So it's pretty old at this point. Uh, Backman has not decided that they're going to do another consumption-based inventory. So I don't have any fresher data for you, but that really is one of the problems with the consumption-based inventory, that it's really data intensive. It's not something that we can do at a local government level. And um, the regional agency isn't doing, you know, updating these inventories. So they're not helpful when we're trying to track emissions uh, on an annual basis and look at the trends and try to figure out, you know, where we should be focusing our efforts in order to reduce emissions in the, in the upcoming year or years. But this is a look at the emissions by the different sectors. Um, the transportation sector is the largest sector, as you can see, is contributing 63% of the uh, emissions in the community. This year, um, last year, when I came to your commission, I had a request to include ferry emissions in transportation. So we did do that. So this is including emissions from the Golden Gate ferries. We're not including emissions from private ferries just because we simply don't have the data. The public agencies are very um, cooperative and helpful and, and give us the data, but that's not really true of private companies. So, um, but we are including those ferry emissions. This time around also, we've, we're doing the energy, we've approached it a little differently. As you may recall, in previous inventories, we were splitting it up between residents and commercial or any non-residential emissions from energy use. And so this year we decided that we would split it up by um, natural gas consumption. So that's the natural gas here is representing both commercial and residential use and then built environment electricity use. And that's really because we wanna kind of emphasize that the electricity emissions from electricity use are getting smaller because of our, our electricity is getting cleaner every year. And the natural gas here, you can see it's representing 28% of the total. So it's really you know, where we need to start focusing our emissions, um, our, our energy. So from between the natural gas and the transportation are really the biggest sectors. The other ones are pretty um, small, including waste, which is just, just 3% of overall emissions. So I'm going to just briefly go through, um, not all, but most of these sectors and pull out a few highlights for you that are as they're reported in the, in the inventory. First, this is overall emissions. Going back, um, we have the 1990 emissions, which is what we are just estimating. We don't have actually have the data to do those, but we have emissions and all the data that we need going back to 2005. Every year I go back and I recalculate the emissions just to make sure that we're, we're applying a consistent methodology. And sometimes we have updates um, on data, PG&E is kind of notorious for doing this for to us. They're always giving us new natural gas and electricity consumption data. So we do go back and we recalibrate everything just so to make sure that we're looking at an apples to apples comparison. So the emissions are down 23% since 2005. And um, so that's from this point down to here. And then this is showing you what the 2030 state goal is that's to be 40% below the 1990, here's the 19, what we're estimating 1990 emissions are for Sausalito. So 2030 goal is to be 40% below that. 
And then the 2050 goal is to be 80% below that. Uh, you may know that, that we have uh, the state has other goals, and that's to be carbon neutral by 2045. That would include uh, sequestering emissions. And so this this 2050 goal is really just looking at mitigation, how we're going, what we're going to, how we're going to reduce emissions. And then there's that other component, which is sequestering emissions, which really is better tackled in um, like the county that has a lot of agricultural land and, and places to sequester emissions. Not that it's not possible, of course, to sequester emissions in um, more developed cities and towns. So let's first look at the built environment and the electricity sector. Electri so the blue bars here on all of these graphs are gonna show you the consumption and then the red lines are showing the emissions. So electricity use is down 19% from 2005 through 2019. Emissions are down quite a bit more, they're down 75%. And that's because of the lower carbon intensity of electricity. Uh, back in 2005, we only had PG&E electricity, and there was a lot, a lot less renewable energy in that electricity, and just more um, energy that was being produced from natural gas and some other dirtier sources. And then when MCE came on board in 2010, they have much cleaner emission, um, much cleaner electricity. So at this point, MCE is carrying about 75% of the load in Sausalito. 7% of that electricity is deep green, which is the 100% renewable option. Uh, MCE does have a goal to be 100% um, or virtually 100% greenhouse gas free. And um, so these emissions will probably continue to go down, although we really have um, you know, brought this down to a, a, a pretty good level at this point. Uh, we see here really because our electricity is so clean or relatively clean that there's a big opportunity to convert vehicles and appliances and home heating systems and other systems that use natural gas to convert those to electricity um, because they can take advantage of the cleaner uh, energy source. The next sector here is the natural gas sector in the built environment. Natural gas use is down 4%. Uh, emissions don't fluctuate because there's only one emission factor for natural gas. So that red line is following the same, um, the same path as the consumption, the blue bars that are showing consumption. And natural gas is high, the use is highly correlated with outdoor temperatures. So if we have a warmer year, we'll use less natural gas to heat our homes. And if it's a colder year, vice versa, we'll use more natural gas. As we kind of, I guess this is a sort of a good news thing that as the climate continues to warm, we'll probably be using less natural gas to warm our homes in the future. Um, emissions from natural gas now represent 83% of total emissions from energy use in Sausalito. Again, um, there is really this opportunity to kind of convert all of the um, built environment, the, the natural, the heat, the appliances and the heating systems that use natural gas and to convert those to electricity. In the transportation sector, vehicle miles traveled have increased 4% since 2005 for Sausalito. Emissions are down, they're down 13%. And that's really due to improvements in fuel efficiency of the on-road vehicle fleet, as well as alternative fueled vehicles like electric vehicles. Here we really see the opportunity is to continue to and more aggressively reduce emissions 
through adoption of electric vehicles. Also, of course, to um, utilize more alternative forms of transportation like biking and walking and taking transit, especially um, clean transit. That in the waste sector, um, waste has kind of gone up and down over the years. It hit a low in 2011. That was right after the, the, um, the, great, the, the great recession. So that kind of makes sense. A lot of times waste uh, consumption follows the economy. And, um, and then it started climbing up, but in between 2018 and 2019, we saw that waste actually was decreased 6%. So that was um, good news. Emissions are down even more. Um, for these emissions, what we use is a statewide waste characterization study. A new one came out um, for 2018. And so that showed that we actually were putting less organic waste on a statewide basis into the landfill. So that's really what, why you're seeing, or partially the reason why you're seeing emissions dropping after 2018. It's because of that statewide waste characterization study that I, that I um, extrapolate the emission factors from. Also the waste that we use in, to cover our landfills, which is um, alternative daily cover, the landfill, Redwood landfill, is using um, a lot less green waste as opposed to in the past. So that makes a difference as well, because we do include ADC in our waste characterizations and this, um, these calculations. So here we see the real opportunities to continue to reduce emissions through composting of organic waste, um, waste that cannot be composted uh, to better sort that paper waste so that it's recycled rather than put into the landfill. Our, our real um, issue here, at least from a greenhouse gas standpoint, is that we don't want organic waste in the landfill because that decomposes and creates methane and some of that methane escapes into the atmosphere. We're, we're um, kind of from a GHG point of view, a little less concerned about non-organic waste, although of course that is important as well. And then I believe this is my last slide here. This is looking at water use. So water consumption has been going down. Per capita water use declined 25% since 2005. This is showing, the graph here is showing overall um, community-wide consumption. So this is shown here in million gallons. Um, so water use is down, emissions are down a lot more, and that's because of the water agencies, Marin Municipal Water District, also the water that is pumped and um, delivered from the Sonoma County Water Agency. Both of those water districts use 100% renewable energy in um, electricity in their operations. So that is mostly responsible for why the um, emissions from the sectors has declined 97%. And um, yeah, and of course here we see the opportunity is to continue to reduce water use, especially as we know that we're going to need to adapt to more frequent and um, droughts and probably more severe droughts in the future as climate change continues. So that is it for my presentation. I am happy to answer any questions that you might have. And I will, I'll stop sharing that presentation, but if you want me to jump back to a slide, I can, I can pull it up again. So. Thank you, Christine. That was great. I, I probably can speak for everyone in saying that that both 
validates our strategy completely and that all the things that you were saying are right in line with what the work we're doing now. So that's great, but it also calls out how much work we have to do. Um, but it's nice to see that all four of those slides, I could you know, directly go to, oh, that project will help that or, oh, that project we're working on. So that's good. I did have one question. On the natural gas slide, is there any accounting for that you're aware of that drop between 13 and 14? Uh, that steep drop, did something happen in regulation and in, in reach codes? Um, no, and it's a drop that was consistent with the other jurisdictions as well. Mm -hmm. And when you look at the, um, when I look at the heating degree day, days data, which is on a regional basis, so it's not, you know, it's the best we have. It also showed that actually in those years, that was a much um, a warmer year in 2014. So that could be response, the reason why that, um, that drop occurred. Um, yeah, just wondering since it was you know, such a prominent drop, if there were tips we could use from that, but now weather out of our control. Okay, thank you. Sure. I, um, I, oh, go ahead, Mark. Oh, go ahead, Greg, okay. you're first. Um, thank you, Christine. It's really, really helpful to see <laughs> The pie chart. <laughs> it's very, very uh, important that people get, you know, that, for example, transportation is just by far our biggest category of emissions. So we want to do everything we can. And I don't know if you can share any information about this now, but um, we know there's the Marin County EV charging network project in place. Is that, do you, can you provide any update on that? Sure. Um, we have a for backing an EV readiness plan. It's not not only it's addressing charging stations, but also you know EV fleets for municipal fleets, um, educating the public about EV use and promoting EVs. So it's not just charging stations. Um, we have a subcommittee at the Marine Climate and Energy Partnership that is working on that plan. We've started drafting it and we should have something in the next couple of months. We'll be going MCEP with it so that they can look at it. And then we'll have something that we want to bring. Um, first, I'm gonna be meeting with staff because the idea of the plan is that there's a whole host of actions that cities and towns and the county could take and that each city will be able to identify specifically which ones they want to include. So it's kind of like a matrix that they check off what they want to do. And then we can add um, additional detail to those as necessary. So the first step will be to work with staff to kind of finalize the draft. And then I'll be bringing it to the different commissions like your commission um, for review before it goes to the, to the councils for, for review and adopt, adoption or acceptance or whatever, however they want to, to deal with that. So we're still, um, we're still working on it. And I hope to have a draft to be able to share with you by, I think, it's in the calendar for November, um, or or was it January? Something like that. So it's going to be okay. a little, that's, a little while longer. That's really great to hear about that, and that we will be getting you know an update on it, and we can review it and provide input and everything. That's fantastic. Thank you. Sure. So I have a question about the uh, waste uh, slide. Um, you mentioned that uh, there's a limited amount of green waste going for ADC now. Is that actually legal to use green waste at this point for, for ADC? 
You know, that's a really good question. I don't know that it's, I don't know that it's not legal, but certainly with the requirements to, um, you know, to reduce organic em emissions in the landfill, it just may be a, a good practice to not do it. So, but I don't know if there's a, a legal requirement to not use it. I'm just going by the um, the data that's reported to CalRecycle that shows with the what the con what the kind of in broad categories what the content of the ADC is. Thank you. Sure. Hey, Christine, I had a question for you on uh, your transportation slide. Um, do you guys have an overlay of EV registration data against some of those declines? So I have EV, so the EV registration data is interesting. There is a, um, a site, the CEC, I think it's the CEC has a site that you may know of and I can find it um, for you and get it to Elena that she can share it with you that tracks EV registrations. They're reporting it by county, but they're at least keeping the data pretty fresh. The DMV was producing um, reports and those were by cities or by zip codes at least. And, um, but I don't think I have anything for 2020, there was nothing for 2021. So I think what's happened, at least at the state level with the reporting of registrations is that they're moving away from city and zip code specific um, data to just Marin countywide data. But um, I'll find that I can, I'll send Elena also the latest uh, DMV data that I have as well for you. Great, thank you. Is, are there any other questions for me? Actually, I have another question. Um, how do we benchmark against other cities? Uh, by benchmark, do you mean like how are you doing in relationship to the other cities? Yeah, I'm curious if you were to take some of those, not only the gross numbers, but then also sort of the, like, you know, a lot of uh, what you're kind of showing us is a trend line based on a controlled environment of Sausalito. And I'm curious how this would compare on sort of some, obviously cities are different sizes, but like if you were to kind of talk about how other cities have initiated programs, say against transportation or waste or uh, natural gas, you know, what moved the needle the most? Um, and how could a city like Sausalito look to some of our neighboring Marin County cities and sort of learn from those, uh, you know, programs and those initiatives? Yeah, okay, now I understand. Um, so what we do, when we do track how all the cities are doing with each other, I have a, I can show you, I have a slide I can just show you real quickly. Um, you can see, I should have put this into the presentation, actually. Did it show up? It's working. There you go. Um, so you can see here, you, Sausalito is at 23%. And so it goes from 21% for the unincorporated up to 36% for Corte Madeira. Cordomander is a little unfair here because when the wind cup, I don't know if you all remember the wind cup factory that was where the Tam Ridge apartment building is now. And um, they produced styrofoam and styrofoam cups. And then when that went away, they used an awful lot of electricity and natural gas um, in their operations. So when that went away, that is responsible for the, a lot of the drop here, but we can't, um, can't quite tease that out. So that's why Corner Madeira is um, 
as at 36%. The other ones are all, you know, pretty similar. We see kind of similar drops for each ones. Um, the cities like Belvedere and Ross and Tiburon, they kind of benefit, or at least Belvedere and Ross does, they benefit a little bit more from the fact that they don't have a lot of transportation emissions. Most of their emissions are actually coming from the, the residential sector, so that electricity is a much bigger part of the, or was, of the of their pie. And so that ends up showing up that there, it looks like they have better reductions. Um, but other than that, I can't, I don't really know or can't really say, it's hard to compare one to the other. Sausalito, you, um, because you have a real, uh, you know, a lot of, um, when I've looked at this in the past, you've got a lot of employees working at those businesses and a lot of your employees are coming from out of town. So your transportation emissions are higher than most of the other cities. So it, it's, that's really why you're kind of down at the end of the pack here. And as far as best practices, I think that, you know, that's really what the Climate and Energy Partnership was all about to kind of learn from each other. But for the most part, I think everyone's really is kind of doing the same things at this point. Could, could you, share, much, could you yeah. share this with us as well? I mean, I think uh, if anything, this speaks to, you know, maybe a motivating force for our initiatives, right? To be, regardless of whether we're doing the same things, to be sort of last on the list in terms of incorporated cities. If we want to be leading by example, that chart does not show us leading by example. Yeah, I agree. And and do you have overall emissions, the actual emissions? I mean, just out of curiosity and, and how big the impact, obviously San Rafael is going to be huge. Um, it's more a curiosity that's, that's than any regret. Yeah, that's a really, um, I don't have it by emissions. But okay. Easily. Um, and, create that chart for you and you can see that that would be I mean it, it wouldn't be particular to our strategy because we're going to move forward it, what what you just showed is probably more relevant it was more a curiosity mm -hmm. um but um but yeah if it's easy sure the but I did have a question about the ferry do you recall what impact adding the ferries uh had well it's actually a, a real positive impact because the ferry started using um, renewable diesel, which is about 60 to 70% emission, lower in emissions than regular diesel. So, um, so because I started using that, that actually helped to, um, that in, improves your bottom line. And did you, you weren't able to go retroactively and plug in, in previous year models, the ferry? Or, or I, I did. I plugged it in back to 2005. Oh, great. Okay. I have to like, I mean, it's, I think at some point they only had, they only had data going back so far. So yeah. I just kind of used the, the latest yeah. that they had and then just um, kind of fill that in going back to oh. 2005. Fantastic. Thank you. Sure. So yeah, maybe the overall absolute emissions would be good to see. Um, in comparison to other cities. Okay. Yeah. You know, also we have a website, it's marineclimate.org. And the chart that I just showed you is on that website. But I think I'm going to take your um, suggestion and create that chart by city and, um, and add that to the website too, because I think that's really interesting. 
And if we, if we, sorry, just a, one other thing, not to put more homework on your plate. If we have a per capita view, I think that would be an equalizer just to understand, you know, gross levels. But then, you know, obviously cities are different sizes. That could be interesting. Yeah, yeah. The, fact, the per capita is a little tough because, um, you know, some cities like Sausalito have a lot more transportation emissions. Corte Madeira also has a lot more um, transportation commissions. Um, San Rafael has more industry and more. So, so when you look per capita, it's not it's not really a fair um, not really a fair comparison across the cities across mm. when you look at that. So we've kind of avoided uh, avoided doing that. We do publish you know the per capita data in each inventory. So it's, it's available, but it's not, it's just not an apples to apples comparison. Okay. And, and just to refresh my memory and maybe the others who were new to this presentation on transportation, how are you capturing cars? So the, um, the vehicles we look at, we get data from the um, Bay Area Metro and Metropolitan Transportation Commission. It's, it's data that they refresh every couple of years and they are using models to estimate the trips that are generated. There are trips that either start in Sausalito and go somewhere else. They start in Sausalito, they end in Sausalito. They start somewhere else and they end in Sausalito. We're not counting any pass-through trips. So all of those, all those vehicles that are on 101 that are just going through Sausalito are not counted. The trips that either start or end in Sausalito, but they go some their origin or their destination somewhere else, we count half of that, those vehicle miles. So and that includes Lyft and Uber drop-offs and pickups and yes. all that stuff. Yes, absolutely. Um, so the data is as I said, it's refreshed every few every few years. They usually they do it at the end of what the regional transportation planning um, process. So we should be getting new new data in the next year. The other thing that we do is we look at emission factors. Those come from those come from the um, California Air Resources Board. They do these modeling to to generate emission factors. Uh, they refresh those every two years and I have a new emission factor. So I go back and I recalculate them, but that's the other thing. So that's the piece, the VMT is generated by one model looking at trips. And then the emission factor is looking at actual composition of the vehicles that are on the road. And that's within, they do it by county. So, the, um, so that's supposed to reflect you know, if we have better, more fuel efficient vehicles, if we've got hybrids or electric vehicles on the road, um, that, that shows up in those emission factors there. Where, where do the 101 only trips show up? So the, the pass-through trips, so those will show up depending on where those vehicles started and where they're ending. So those, those cities and towns, if that trip is going from San Rafael to San Francisco, half of that vehicle miles traveled would be attribute allocated to, to, um, to San Rafael and half should go to uh, San Francisco when they do their inventories. I see. Also, uh, I know I realize that I understand how difficult it is to compare different communities, uh, but in looking at that chart, uh, and if we discount Corte Madera for the reason you suggested, uh, are, are there any 
generalizations you could make about what San Anselmo and Mill Valley are doing that are better than what Sausalito is doing? You know, I can't really. And, um, you know, the we do have kind of an interesting question because I think they're pretty similar. I think it may be coming down to the transportation um, and just the transportation models. I have a feeling it comes from that. I could, I could look into it a little bit more. All of these inventories are posted on the website as well. So if you wanted to look at their inventories, um, both San Anselmo's and Mill Valley's are on the website at this point. That's the uh, MCEB website? Yeah, marineclimate.org. Thank you. Sure. And I'll be posting yours uh, on that website probably tomorrow. I didn't want to post it until you had a chance to review it. Let me know if you saw had any issues with it, Bonnie typos or anything like that. So I'll post yours tomorrow. Thank you very much. Sure. Thank you. And um, anyone else have any questions before we move to public comment? All right, thank you, Christine. Uh, Elena? Is there any members of the public who would like to make a comment? Please use the raise hand feature in your Zoom application. And there are no raised hands at this time. Okay, thank you very much. We'll look forward to seeing you soon. Next year. With the, well, <laughs> maybe soon for the EV. Sooner for an EV plan, yeah. right, yes. Thank All you right. very much for your time and your sure. work. Thanks for having me. Good night, everyone. So we're gonna move on. The next section is our housekeeping and committee updates. Um, we do have one, uh, the first item that we probably should have discussed first up, but uh, should be pretty quick to catch up. It's the very elusive secretary position election and vote. So uh, uh, we're gonna have to pick a secretary. I think the day has come. So would anyone like to put themselves forward to take on the role? before I start naming names. Don't make me name names. I'm just waiting for anybody else to chime in. If no one does, I'll, I'll put myself in there. Superstar, Mark. <laughs> Yay, so appreciated, thank you. And you've done such a good job sitting in. So as we alluded to last, last month, it, it, you were definitely the, the leading candidate there. So um, let's uh, take a vote. Uh, I'd like to move that Mark Palmer become our, uh, can I can't move it. Can I move it? We're gonna, someone needs to uh, agree to the motion to approve Mark as our new secretary. You need a second. Second. Okay. <laughs> All right, I'll call the roll, uh, Commissioner Palmer. Commissioner Cornelia. Aye. Commissioner Cooper. Uh, Sorry, aye, as I'm mute, <laughs> aye. Commissioner Thompson. Aye. And Chair Wiley. Aye. All right, the ayes have it. Mark Palmer will be the secretary. And I just want to update you all too really quick that the um, a staff report was submitted to the city council 
um, requesting, you know, for the vacancies to be filled. And so then you may be joined by um, more commission members to help share the load at some point in time. I'm not sure when. I have a question. What's the term of the secretary position? Forever. <laughs> I do believe until you resign from it uh, or decide to that you need to pass it on. So. Same way with chair and vice chair? In the city, Sausalito Municipal Code, chairs are supposed to turn over once a year. And it doesn't describe how secretary positions I should be treated, so it is up to you. Okay, thank you, Mark. Um, moving on to 5B, review action tracker and process. I'm gonna let Greg take this one. All right, can I uh, share my screen? Yes. Yes, you can. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> And just so you're all aware, I make you co-host at the beginning of the meeting you, so you can share your screen at any time. You have all those capabilities. When I click it, it says host disabled participant screen sharing. Maybe not. <laughs> all right, you can do it now. You are now. I just got to notice that I'm no longer the co-host. <laughs> <laughs> all right, this should work. Can you see my screen? We see you. Ah, hold on. Why is that happening? One second. <laughs> I know how to do this. I've done it before. Okay. Share. Oh, I see why. No, no kidding. Here we go. All there right. You go. <laughs> Yay. What uh, we talked about last meeting was, <clears throat> you know, providing a consistent way to uh, track our priorities as a commission. Lauren and I have talked through this again. And given the Brown Act, we each, you know, each of the subcommittees would have to have their own document for doing that. So what we've done is take the action tracker idea and we put them into a folder here, but each, um, there's a, a separate now tracker. Oh, whoops, that's not what I wanted to do. Too much clicking. Sorry, go away. <laughs> uh, all right, so what you'll see here is an action tracker document for each of the subcommittees or liaison. Um, so we've got one for energy, for Marin County liaison, for public outreach, sea level rise, uh, social and racial justice, transportation, waste, and we're going to talk about the water, uh, adding water later today. So to give you just an example of what we've done, um, I'll show the energy one. You guys can see that. <clears throat> so this would be how we would track our priorities going forward, um, where we've got you know, the category at the top, well, actually, let me go back to, you know, a quick little deck of this is energy. Um, here's a preview or, a, a you know, whatever a general description of what this means. And then each category has its, you know, same rows where we've got, you know, general plan item. 
or an NA because some items won't be in the general plan, but essentially you want to make sure we're tracking all items that are in the general plan. What's the action or objective? Who is it owned by? Sustainability Commission, City Council, or Department of Public Works. And the reason we want to do that is because when we hand things off, we want to basically have that coordinated and tracked. What's the priority within the category one, two, or three? What's the target timing? And we're going to talk about um, our meeting with Chris Zapata, our new city manager, but he said, our new city manager, but he suggested we added that, which was good. Uh, and then the steps that are completed. And then um, the status and next steps to be done. So for example, here we've got uh, electrification um, as the objective, getting rid of natural gas, which was you know great to hear that that's you know a priority because of the emissions from that. What's the priority? What are the steps complete? So the proposal for the electrification ordinance has been drafted. We've had an initial review at the Department of Public Works and City Manager, and then an initial outreach with the Marin Builders Association and Chamber of Commerce. And Mark will provide more on that when we get to that category. Great, can I jump in here just for a quick yeah. minute? Uh, I just wanna make a correction on the green square there. Uh, it's not DPW, it's the, the building department. Building, okay, fine, yeah. That, so, so the point here is that each subcommittee will own their version of this and they'll update it and use it for each meeting as appropriate. And then also we can then use this as the um, tracking of our priorities with the city and with the city council. So that's the gist. Um, and there's one of these for each um, each of the uh, of the of the uh, subcommittees now in the same format. So any any comments, questions? Makes sense. Looks good. Great. Okay. So the only question I have is since each, since we can't share one, one document, these have to go out to each of the subcommittees. I've got this for energy transportation, sea level rise, because I'm on that task force, the liaison, and then the Marin County stuff, I'm the liaison for that. So I've got those four, but then this will go to, um, you know, to the others. Is that, Elaine, is that something that you send out or can I send it to each or how does that, how does the process work? What's the right way to do that? Um, I think uh, to be right with the Brown Act, if we all wanted to work on, if everyone needed to send their updates to me, they could do that, or we could do it as a part of these uh, so sustainability commission meetings as a part of your updates of, you know. I think, I think that's the intention that this, this should not be something that we feel like, this could be something, honestly, if we've had a busy, month, we could sit down an hour before this meeting and pull up our guide and say, oh, I did that. I did that. Here are my next steps. And you could download to yourself and you can screen share it with the team yeah. on the calls. And, and at times we might collect and, and collate to do a broader presentation. We might ask you for the quarterly update for city council that, that Ting and Greg had introduced a few months ago or a few couple quarters ago. But Really, this is the biggest piece of work on this is the initial piece, which is eyeballing what Greg is pre-populating from the general plan and then going into what else are you doing and adding that too. So it becomes your, your tracker. But I don't think we have to go through a monthly, turn it into Elena. That's more work for you guys, more work for Elena. It's over-engineering in my opinion. Um, 
but it's it's we don't yet have all of our tasks listed anywhere and I think we're doing a ton of stuff and just getting that infrastructure there will be a good thing to do as Greg has suggested. Yeah, exactly. Each of these, um, I mean, this one's filled out. I put all, I put all of the items that are in the general plan into their appropriate, you know, um, tra action tracker documents, but each subcommittee owner or owners will, will review it, update it, change status, change priority as we go forward. And as Lauren is saying, I think you just take, take it over, uh, review it, update it, and then go through it for each meeting. And we don't have to sort of collect it at all. It's kind of up to each each subcommittee or liaison to manage the document. And I Elena, just, I, wanted know, I wanted to know, my question was, how do we distribute these to the other committee members? Is that something I can, I can go ahead and do, or, or is that something you should do, Elena? Um, I mean, what we could do is we could break up the pieces and send them, you know, basically send it to each of the subcommittees and they could work as a team to update that. And then, you know, um, yeah. up, and then basically report what they want to report to the commission during their uh, yeah. committee updates. And then, you know, keep the, the main document with all the, basically the master list, like kind of centrally located. And then that can be presented as a tool to the city council if it's ever asked for. Um, Great. And then because the commission meets on a monthly basis, if we save a version of it every month, that'll kind of give it a snapshot in time um, over the course of uh, the year to see like what kind of progress we've made over on certain items. Okay. Yeah. And this is, um, you know, on Google Drive and our sustainability folder where these are all, you know, hosted right now. So anytime we need to, get the latest ones from everybody, we can just update them here. And then they're all in one place for, you know, management purposes, if that makes sense. Yeah, per, per the Brown Act, like you can only be, only three people can work yeah. on a document at the same time. Well, that, that's what I mean. I'm trying to, I'm trying to separate working on the document from one place where the yeah. updates are sent to and then hosted when we need to do that. Yeah. I think this ties into Elena, what you told me, prior to this meeting that you are going to go and, and do a, a, do a check on who's who because we've had some turnover. So mm -hmm. Elena was suggesting that she pull up uh, all of the subcommittees that we have now to reach out to everyone to say, I'm on this one, I'm on this one, I'm on this one, and figure out where exactly we have gaps and who's doing what. And um, I mean, we know right now that, um, it's basically we need someone for transportation other than Greg to take on the transportation one. Um, we're going to, yeah, but you know, we're going to, our transportation subcommittee, Dave and Andrew and I will go through it, you know, yeah. So when we need to and update it. And, you know, here, you know, here's an example. I just want to show this, you know, here's the public outreach one. It's, you know, the same format, but there's nothing in the, um, general plan on public outreach. Right. And so that, so comes, that comes to me and Elena, I think you're saying Greg can email me directly with that yeah. in my packet because I'm the only one on the committee. So it'll come to me, no decision, it's just me um, and can disseminate all the stuff that way. Then between now and next month, I have to go in and I have to populate my template. And then before, and then next meeting I show up and I speak to um, I share my info 
right? It's just, but, but I think back to what I was saying is, is that we also need to identify our gaps. And Elena was going, we had talked about potentially merging some of this long list. We talked about, for instance, social justice and the fact that David and I set forth a mission on that, that, that indicated it was more of a lens and less of a subcommittee. And do we want to sort of Oh, do a structure change as well ties into this, but we'll get to that another time. In the meantime, we just need to fill out the fill out the, the forms. So Melissa has joined us. Welcome, Melissa. Hi, I'm so sorry. This has been a difficult. My my dog and I were both in urgent care in the last 24 hours, so I'm oh, just catching up. Me also. So I I feel your I feel it. Thank you, David. I appreciate that. We are on uh, the second housekeeping item, Melissa. Great. Just in time for you, almost your, your update. <laughs> Great. Um, so Greg, did you, did you get the answer to your question about how to disseminate these yeah, individuals? Think, yeah, I'll just send them out to, there's only three or four that go out separately, so. Uh, all right, good, thanks. And, and, you know, by the way, um, and we'll bring this up when we talk about our meeting with the city manager, this is the kind of thing, I, I, I saw that San Rafael was doing this with their sustainability director, Corey Bidoff, and I just kind of copied it a little bit, but then made it, we made it our own version. And if we end up with a sustainability manager, this is the kind of thing that that person would be, you know, helping and doing basically. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much, Greg, for all that good work. Oh, um, sure, thank you. Does anyone, uh, any final questions? Uh, Elena, um, do we need to do public comment on that? Um, I don't have any questions at this time. We could ask for public comment, but there are no members of the public present. Okay. Um, okay. So. Moving on. Um, next item on the agenda is the City Council Liaison Report. Wow, I'm just in the nick you, of time. You are literally just in time. Hi, everybody. And apologies for being um, late this evening, but I appreciate you having me. So last meeting, and I know many of you were present, a couple of relevant things happened for the Sustainability Commission. Um, chief among them is that we adopted the rate review and the new rates program for Bay City Refuse. So, so much gratitude to Lauren and her hard work on that and to Bay City Refuse for all the time you put in to make that happen. It's very exciting. Hopefully we're going to see people really actively sorting their trash in a really uh, effective way. And I think what the opportunity that's available for us here is a real communications campaign around the implications of the Senate bill and what that means for how you should be you know, using and sorting your personal garbage and also the implications of if you don't, because there will be, there will be fines. We have, we have determined that based on the voting. So that was really great. And it was a really wonderful presentation. And I appreciated those of you that attended and made public comment. Lauren, thank you so much for everything you said. It was really fantastic. We also heard from um, Marin Municipal Water District about the drought and the situation around the drought. Um, and we asked a series of questions about how we might reuse gray water and non-potable water. And it seems like we're on a path to do more in that space, which is good. Um, but, you know, we're going to continue to ask questions and track our progress. One of the issues that I identified from that presentation, although I really definitely 
got a lot out of it and feel like we learned a lot and there were many tips about saving water is that they don't actually have a tracker for each municipality's progress. So it's difficult for us to know in Sausalito specifically how we're doing. And so it, the onus is really on us to check ourselves and make sure that we are monitoring our water usage in a more effective way. So that's something that we might also think about as a sustainability commission in terms of how we um, can inform the community, how we can check our own usage, how we can demonstrate and give an example of what positive water usage looks like. Um, so those are the main things that were on the agenda from the last meeting that are relevant to the commission. But again, really thankful for the tracker. I know we had a really productive meeting with Chris a couple of weeks ago and I reported out on that during the city council meeting as well, just letting folks know we're aware of the tracker. More things will be coming before the council based on the tracker and the work that we're doing here. So they should expect to hear from us and also updated about the uh, electrification ordinance and our status on that. Um, so we are you know, moving ahead and there's a lot of support from the council for many of the initiatives that we're working on. So I feel good about that. Um, the only other thing that might be relevant is there has been a new, a renewed review of the mudslide task force recommendations. And many of those are kind of related to environmental mitigation and how we deal with disaster. And I think there's a very clear link between disaster preparedness and sustainability. Um, and it might be worthwhile for us at some point in the next quarter or in early 2022 to try to have a joint meeting with disaster preparedness that focuses on resiliency and how we think about things like mudslides, sea level rise, earthquakes, et cetera, because I think it really touches on, on both commissions work. Um, so those were the main things that I have to report out on. Um, does anybody have any questions about any of that? Yes, Mark. Hi, Mark. You're muted. I can't hear what you're saying. <laughs> Hi, Melissa. Thank you. Mark, how are you? Great. Um, on the rate re waste rate review, I understand the, the city collects uh, $45,000 a year in franchise fees. And how is that money used? Does the Sustainability Commission have access to any of those funds for consulting or any other purposes? As far as I know, we haven't historically allocated or earmarked those funds for the Sustainability Commission, but that's a very good point. We can ask for them, like we might as well. I don't see any reason why we can't advocate for some of that funding to be given to the commission and some of our educational projects. From what I understand, the most funding that we've been allocated is mostly just from the JPA grant. Uh, so, but we can, we should, and we can push for more. But typically it's just gone into the general fund? That's right. I would certainly lobby for uh, more funding for uh, the commission. Me too. <laughs> I would be on board with that request. And I'm sure that I would hope that our friends at Bay Cities would be supportive of that. Thank you. Thank you for that question. Great. If we don't have any other questions, we can go to the public comment. There are no members of the public at present at this time, but any may uh, make public comment by raising your hand in the Zoom application. And I see no raised hands at this time. Okay, next up is Waste Subcommittee. So I will, I will kick off. Um, yes, it was a big, big night, City Council last Tuesday, the long awaited rate review passed, uh, Greg, uh, I'm sure it was thrilled. There was a oh, lot of work uh, coming 
I, I, I want to say that uh, our friends Kathy and Kristen were very much a part of this. So you know they were really behind this. This was starting long before I even joined this space subcommittee. It's been that long. Um, they've been really the, the power behind it on the commission, uh, working with Greg and Kim. And um, so they sent me a text a few weeks ago, you know, saying there's a finance committee meeting later this afternoon. We're all going to go. Can you go? So we sort of got together and prepped and showed up at a finance committee meeting. And then again at the city council, the three of us showed up. And, and um, so it was really fun month being there and being able to support Greg and Kim and all the good work they do. And I think everyone really, really came away respecting all the hard work that Bay Cities does and really understanding there was zero pushback as Melissa said. So um, yeah, it was, it was pretty exciting. Um, Greg, did you want to comment on that before I move into? Well, I, I, I was muted when Melissa was talking, but yes, we would support the, the, you know, the franchise fee supporting the sustainability commission, of course. So that's a good idea. But, um, yeah, I, I was impressed with you, Lauren. Um, you did a great job. You stepped up for the commission and then uh, our two past commission members of the waste team did a, did a great job too. So I was just thankful to everybody. It's just been, it's been a while. It's been tough. I mean, I, and it's kind of hard to explain it as you go along, but it, it was uh, now that we have this SB 1383 in front of us, we can kind of, you know, make plans appropriately and that's what we're going to do. So it's going to be interesting, but yeah, I, I just appreciate everybody's help and support on it. And and if you, you know, or your neighbors have any questions about what this rate review means, if you if you start hearing about it and reading about it, and just just know that we are, despite this being called a rate review and an increase, we are paying the lowest fees of anyone in in Marin, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so it, it's really a no-brainer. <laughs> There's like no no discussion, and um, this is what needed to happen, and it happened. So. Uh, if anyone wants to complain about their bills going up, let them know that they actually are, are they would have um, higher bills going anywhere else nearby. Well, what's, what's kind of interesting already is that several people have called in and said, oh, I have to go out and buy a, you know, a, a can and, you know, and then we're like, okay, well, hold on a minute, you know, don't go buy a can. We do have some toters, carts that are going to be the same ones we'll be placing out. We, and so we, we've actually given a couple cans out to, you know, customers that, you know, lost their can or whatever and are replacing their cart. So um, that's all part of it. I mean, one way to look at it is you're getting, a, you know, basically a $55 can as part of the service now. So, um, yeah. it, 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 you know, in the public education, we, we're going to send out a notice with this bill that, that you know, was hasn't gone out yet, but we'll send out a notice and kind of give a brief overview. And um, we did give some kind of hit on SB 1383 last time. And then we'll do a full-fledged newsletter and letting everybody know that the carts and the carts will be going out. And this is coming, this is what's going to happen January, July uh, 1st of 2022. And we'll probably start, hopefully, if the carts come through as planned, it's like 4,000 carts altogether. Um, it should happen in November. So we'll be placing the new carts out in November. So we, and, and like Melissa said, it's, it's a lot. What we're doing and what the commission at the commission level with putting out the cans and, the, and, you know, and helping out with the public education is one thing. The city has a whole bunch of other things that they have to do. And um, so it, it's yeah. a big step. Yeah. 
And and by the way, uh, on the on the newsletter piece, Greg, if if like before when we um, we gave feedback on on the newsletter a, a few months ago, if if you want to throw that, if you want a fresh pair of eyes of uh, uh, um, playing your average consumer, I'm happy to do a read over of it. Yes, that would be very much appreciated. We're we're uh, we're, we're about halfway through it right now, so that okay. would be very much appreciated. Happy to. Um, so the next steps uh, in this big job uh, is part is what's happening with our grant that was approved. I think the afternoon of our last commission meeting is when we got the the go ahead. Um, so we're moving forward. We kick off with that new grant project on Tuesday with Envirolutions, who I had mentioned last time are going to be our new consulting team on this project in partnership with with Greg, so they're working for Greg, they're working for the city, and we're all coming together with Elena is gonna be there representing the city as a full team with this kickoff to understand the full scope of what's gonna happen, who's doing what. Um, and, and the exciting thing is that the old consulting team that focused on single use plastic, they are very much in touch and, and handing over to that new team the new team, there's a little bit of, of old grant money that we're still spending with the old team that's going to then flow over to a new resource within Envirolution. So we're not gonna just leave the single use plastic project in the dust. There's gonna be a nice handover. So it's all been really wonderfully managed by the outgoing consulting team, the new one. Um, and there'll be a lot more communication on that to come. And the, the other exciting thing is I think, um, provided she's still up for it. I've gotten confirmation from Elena that Kathy, who sadly can't just come back on the commission as much as we would love to have her, um, she can, we've discovered, serve as a subject matter expert. Oh, so, that's great. Yeah, yes, we found a little loophole. Um, always a loophole to be discovered. Um, and, and what it is 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 that, I mean, she was the, she and Greg have such history on this. She worked in the industry. She is the subject matter expert here. We need her. And so she's willing to be a part of it. And I think all it means is that she can come to these meetings like this. She's not a voting member, but she can be a part of this discussion versus waiting till the end of it to come in on public comment. Elena, did I get anything wrong there? Uh, that's correct. Okay. So I'll confirm that with her and with any luck, she'll be able to join our kickoff. If not, um, she'll, she'll hopefully be there in, in October to, to help um, with this per and focus on this project. Um, okay, um, that's it for my piece on waste. Any questions on waste for Greg, for me? Yes, Mark? Yes, I have a question. Uh, how, how are these uh, consultants selected? Is there a competitive process? So the, the original consulting team was selected through a competitive process that uh, was run, that I ran, a, a, oh God, I don't know, two years ago now. Um, so we selected Elena and, and she was an independent consultant who built that team. Um, and then this transition was not competitive because we went back to who the city had used prior. So they had history with the city. They'd done our weight race reviews before, and they also had uh, the relationship with, with the consultants. So it was just the more seamless way to go and going back to the original consulting team that we used. Does it, 
and, and Greg and Greg had already independently contracted with them as well, as far as I understand. So it would have been very um, uh, inefficient for us to contract someone separately to work with yet another consulting firm and try and tag team it on the same issue. So it's essentially, uh, yeah. Does the city have Does the city have a, a requirement for competitive bidding on contracts? Uh, well, go ahead, Elena. I believe so. Yeah, we whatever we followed, we followed it, whatever we needed to do a few years ago um, when we selected Elena and, and her team. Uh, and it was really just about, I think, I, I honestly, I don't remember. It was too long ago. But, but we, we, it was checked with the city manager at the time, making sure that we were following all the right procedures. Were there several applicants or bidders? I think we interviewed, we had three, maybe. There was really only one obvious choice at the end of the day. Thank you. I can, um, I'm, I'm working right now to kind of make sure that all of our professional services agreements are um, up to date and appropriately uh, filed with the city so we can get um, purchase orders paid for. So I'll look and make sure that uh, we're not running afoul of any kind of um, competitive bidding process code. Any questions for waste? Okay, move to public comment. Yeah, if I have one last question, is are Wiley, Lauren, are you the only one on the waste subcommittee right now among the commissioners? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. If there are any members of the public present who would like to make a comment at this time, please raise your hand in the Zoom application. And there are no members of the public present at this time. Okay, next uh, agenda item 5E, uh, we'll stick with me on public outreach. Um, we're gonna talk about the city manager uh, meeting in a bit, but I do wanna point out on the topic of public outreach, we've talked a lot here about uh, how we can improve uh, getting the message out through currents. And there was a great update from the city manager on some of his strategy for communication and currents. So we are, clued in on that. He hasn't launched it yet, yet, but that's going to give us a great opportunity. So just wanted to let you guys know that that was, there was a real positive there on the communication front. Um, the, our events are, we've got our chili cook-off uh, happening, our first big event that the city's seen in, in ages. So um, one question I had is, do we want our, is anyone going to be there? Do we want to have a table? Might this be a good place for us to put up a sign and say, anyone interested in being on the commission and do some recruiting? Uh, does anyone have any thoughts about, uh, or do we want to have, we could have a brochure about what we're doing. Any, any I have thoughts? a really good person that's applying, by the way. Oh, you do? Wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, her name is um, Meg Haywood Sullivan. She's a sustainability activist. She just moved to Sausalito from Los Angeles. She's the founder of Plastic Free Fridays and she does a lot of work in the sustainability space and she's fantastic. So she couldn't make it tonight. I asked her to attend and she had another commitment but she's really interested and she said she would come to the next meeting but I told her to apply immediately just in case we appointed the next meeting. So anyway, just FYI. Excellent. I know I'll be, who I'll be recruiting onto the waste committee. 
if she gets well, on, she's made for the waste committee. Um, okay, so so is, is anyone going to be at the chili cook-off? I'll probably be there. I can't remember the date, but I think it was on the calendar. I think it's next Saturday, the 18th, if I'm not mistaken. So, I mean, I, I don't know if we want to explore something, even having, um, you know, a name tag and saying who we are, you know, ask me a question. I'm a sustainability commissioner. You know, I mean, I don't know if we want to do that. We, or we want to invite people to be closer than six feet apart from us. Um, if we want to have a table, we, you, we used to do giveaways like compost bags. Um, so, you know, what I can't do is take it all on myself and do it. I just have some other things going on next week that unfortunately won't, won't enable yeah. me to do that. So if, if there's no big interest on, yes, we need to do this, then I'm going to say, you know, if we're there, I'll be there love to say hi, but, but we won't actively do an event there. Going on? I, I just checked my calendar. I'll be in San Diego next weekend. So no, okay. or that, that weekend, sorry. Previously, so, the commission has just handed out magnets and bags and like walked around and talked to people about. Yeah. So if anyone wa is gonna be there and wants to do that, I don't know. I'm not sure if I'll be, I'm, I will most likely be in town, but I don't know yet. So I'm figuring that out. I'm going to say then let's, let's let it ride. And if you see me there, come say hi. Otherwise, and you know, let's, let's move on. Um, I think the, um, the event guide that the handing over from the outgoing waste consultants, um, that event guide would be a great thing to turn over to you, Elena, now that we have the intern and to just get her up to speed in, in, in on that. So maybe we can we can cover that in a in a separate handover. Um, the the main thing I had a question for is is SunShares. Those of you who were here last year remember SunShares program uh, coordinated by the Business Council on Climate Change. We we did uh, agree to do it last year. It's a program that promotes um, discounts and on solar programs, etc. Um, I did just, I do have it up here on my screen. So basically, they send shares, puts together a list of quality installers. There's no, there's no money here involved. This is simply an awareness. If people want to get solar, they can get discounts. And here's the people who do it. Um, you get discounts on battery storage. So it, it's a useful program. A lot of corporates in the Bay Area sign up for it every year and a lot of cities sign up for it. So the, we ran into a wrinkle last year where at the last moment, currents wouldn't uh, publicize it because there was some sort of thought that maybe this was promoting particular uh, vendors, which I don't think it is. But if we want to promote it again, I can try and go back to the mat on it. Any thoughts on that? Anyone opposed to me going to Currents to suggest that we put in put a blurb in about how to sign up for SunShares. I think it's a good idea. 
Okay. I'll, uh, I'll try and get us that going for us. It, it opened uh, just a week ago. So we, we've got times it's open just through November. It's, it runs for two months of the year. Okie doke. Um, next, uh, oh, any, any public comments on public outreach? Public, public comments, Elena. Sorry, trying to unmute myself. Um, um, I see no members of the public. We, we're losing you a little bit, but I don't see any public members either. So, um, okay. Next up, social and racial justice committee updates. Uh, David, do you have anything on this? I don't. I think in the past communication, uh, am I mute? No, hang on. No, I'm not. Um, the past communications is we've sort of redefined this as, as sort of an action item around looking at proposals, looking at sort of um, different initiatives, and then uh, sort of evaluating them with this lens and, and making recommendations based on the sort of the JEDI lens. I like to use that, that, that sort of acronym. Um, but we really haven't had anything pushed through our system which with, with which to comment, so no. Okay. Yeah, I agree. I feel like we give the same update each time, David. That's you and me. Um, Elena, yeah. that's David and I on that one. Um, and- um, Just add on that, just as like it relates to city council and what we're doing on this, the social and racial justice committee in case there's overlap. For instance, yep. I think there's overlap right now because okay. us, at the last council meeting, we heard the historic, basically the historic context document for Sausalito and feedback that myself and Councilmember Cleveland Knowles gave was that there wasn't enough context surrounding racial justice and just the background of the history of that. And much of it relates to development and housing and where we allowed folks to have opportunity and where we didn't. And it might be useful for you as myself and Mayor Hoffman work on considering those yep. context for you guys to take a look. And like, I'm happy to share the document and see what your feedback is on some of the changes and adjustments. Um, but oh, that's perfect. I would see the committee weighing in um, and having an impact. Yeah. And, and that's great. I, so, okay. so please forward that. And okay. that's a great sort of base case in terms of how this can be of uh, value and service and ultimately um, provide an alternative lens in terms of those calibrations. Yep. And I, I'd like to actually make a recommendation and that we change this from being a committee to being a liaison, like we have the Marin County liaison. And we change that language. Um, and, you know, I, I mean, David, it would be great. I mean, I know you have experience um, with it. It'd be great if you want to just be single liaison on it. Um, yeah, that's fine. However, and, how, yeah, whatever because, sort of creates the best sort of way to provide the um, insights, the overlay, yeah. the throughput around sort of comment. Um, yeah. yeah, that's good. Because I think, you know, we all should be applying the lens in, as we're doing our independent things, like for instance, Mark doing the ordinance, you know, you having the lens on that, or when we're, when we're covering it in a meeting, we all have the lens on it. But David can serve as the liaison as the, the yeah. stop check 
to make sure that anything that we're about to pass, he's constantly got that lens as liaison. And then if there's incoming things like what Melissa just suggested, that's that's a direct point as well. And then that takes it off the pressure off you and me to feel like, okay, we've got to have a meeting about because we're a committee, because that's just not, we've not found that that's been useful. Okay, so I move that we change the, the word committee to liaison and put David on as social and racial justice liaison and and um, from here on out. Can I, can I make a motion on that? Can I ask for a second? Second. All right, I will call the roll. Commissioner Palmer. Aye. Commissioner Cornelia. Aye. Commissioner Cooper. Aye. Commissioner Thompson. Aye. And Chair Riley. Aye. Okay. Motion passes. Thank you. Thank you, David. Uh, okay, next. Uh, no, public comment. Yeah. If there are any members of the public present who would like to make a comment, please raise your hand in the Zoom application. I see no raised hands at this time or members of the public present. Okay. Next up, Marin County Liaison. Over to you, Greg. All right. Uh, well, it was very timely to have Christine here. You heard her talk about the EV readiness um, plan that's in progress. So we will get an update on that, hopefully November or January, whichever one is uh, when that timing is. So, um, and then I'm involved, I, I am um, an ongoing liaison to the pending in process nonprofit that the county has set up called Drawdown Marin to really orchestrate um, and drive countywide initiatives for climate issues and sustainability and resilience. And so uh, we have a, our next meeting is next week. Um, and well, I should put, there's a, a collaboration of the cities in Marin who get together to talk through stuff. And then they're gonna be setting up this nonprofit later this year formally, and then it'll kick off. So it's gonna be a little bit of a you know, drumming our fingers and waiting, but it's the right vehicle for us to be plugged into and, and leverage um, for sustainability needs going forward. So I'll be the liaison to that ongoing until somebody kicks me out. <laughs> so that's the update. I'm also involved in, a, in an EV squad and a, and a couple other things, but those are informal groups that are just driving forward with needs for sustainability and, and, and getting emissions under control, so. Any, any questions, comments? Okay. Thank you, Greg. Members of the public, comment? If there are any members of the public who would like to make a comment, please use the raise hand feature in your Zoom application. And there are no members of the public present at this time. Excellent, thank you. Uh, next up, Energy Subcommittee. Hi, everybody. Uh, well, I, I wanted to first uh, address the attachments that were sent as part of the uh, up, uh, uh, getting ready for this meeting. The I don't want to really go through the ordinance uh, at this time. I think we've all done that enough, and uh, hopefully you've gotten to read the uh, updated ones, which were based on our discussions last month. 
Uh, if there are any questions about the uh, draft ordinance, I'm happy to answer those. But um, I wanted to go on and summarize a presentation that uh, Elena recommended um, uh, based on the, the city of Piedmont in the East Bay. And uh, if I could share my screen here for a second. Um, but, but before I do that, I'm gonna end with uh, uh, a discussion that's probably even more important uh, that uh, related to two meetings that Greg and I had this week, uh, one with uh, the head of the Bryn Builders Association and the other with the CEO of the uh, Sausalito's Chamber of Commerce. And they were uh, very interesting, but I'll get to that in a minute. So let me share my screen here. So the presentation was put on by Alyssa with the city of Piedmont. And as you can see, they're a city of 11,000 people, not too much bigger than, than Sausalito. And they do have a sustainability program manager uh, she seems very competent and uh, very well-versed in all the areas of, of energy that I uh, uh, experienced on this. I'm not going to go through all of her slides, but uh, just to give you a highlight, uh, they, they did talk about the carrots and the sticks uh, and, and you know, providing incentives and financing and education, leading by example, and then the policy side, uh, uh, local ordinances and a regional influence that we might be able to have. Um, there were some considerations on implementation uh, that they took into account with their ordinances, uh, the emergency nature of some repairs, uh, uh, permit non-compliance. Uh, I thought it was very interesting to look at the uh, how, how variable their building stock was and that they needed a lot of information about panel upgrades. This, this is electrical panel service upgrades and knowledge of how and when those upgrades uh, can be uh, either implemented or avoided. Uh, they talked about the staff time requirements, which uh, seemed pretty extensive uh, on her part, uh, in, including staff training and, and um, the, the uh, triggers that, that might not cap capture all occupancies, but uh, no, Ordinance is perfect uh, in its in its application, so they're they're taking this uh, more of a piecemeal approach. They did have a big section on equity consideration and guardrails, as they called them, uh, potential to uh, pass through upon the sale uh, of a building, pass through the cost, uh, looking at rental price increases and tenant protections. Um, Let you just take a look at that briefly. Uh, I thought it was very interesting to look at their building stock. They basically have been fully developed for more than 50 years and all of their construction is renovations. There's very, very little, if any at all, of new construction. Um, the uh, homeowners mostly choose to re either retain or modify existing homes rather than tear down or build new ones. So that's seems very much like uh, our community. Um, there, excuse me. Uh, one of their first 
ordinances. There, there are two I'm going to talk about briefly is, is the electrification ordinance. And it's, it's kind of tied in with uh, energy efficiency requirements so that uh, all new constructions and low-rise low residential, as they call them, uh, must use electric appliances. Uh, if you're getting a new upper level or increasing a total roof area, uh, they're required to install solar panels on the roof. And any renovation of $25,000 or more is required to include one item from a list of either insulation or electrification improvements. And renovations of $100,000 or more must include two items on these lists. The list of insulation and efficiency items include uh, attic insulation, air sealing, duct sealing, uh, floor insulation, uh, low flow water fixtures, uh, water heater piping insulation, uh, switching out uh, lights for high efficiency, and submitting a report uh, uh, from a home energy score or home energy audit uh, within, completed within the last five years. A quite a bit more comprehensive approach than we've taken. Uh, on their electrification list, it's, uh, they have two, two options. One is switching out a gas furnace for heat pump or other electric heating uh, space system or switching out a gas water heater uh, for the same. So either furnace or water heater uh, on their list. So again, uh, any project over $25,000 and Piedmont has to pick one item from these two lists. Any project over 100,000 has to pick two items from this list. Uh, they have passed another ordinance that requires a home energy audit uh, to be completed within the past five years at the point of listing for sale of the property. So uh, unless the home was constructed within the last 10 years, which uh, means to me that uh, Within the last 10 years, the building code has been stringent enough that most homes constructed within the last 10 years would be get a fairly high energy score. But uh, the vast majority of homes, when they transfer ownership, would be required to, to get this home energy audit, uh, which would basically tell the new owner what the opportunities would be to uh, make the most cost-effective upgrades uh, to, that, to that particular dwelling. Uh, they have a list of best practices, which I, I thought was very important. Uh, frequent ongoing communication with the public, um, incorporate community feedback from various engagement mediums, uh, making sure that people understood rebates and financial incentives, uh, conducting internal staff trainings uh, to ensure consistency and implementation, and of course, developing a monitoring program to evaluate and, and ass assess the effectiveness uh, they have uh, uh, a partnership with BayRan, the Bay uh, Renewable Energy Network, which uh, is certainly available to us as well. They're a great group that provides a lot of uh, free advice and uh, assistance to communities around the Bay Area. Uh, so to talk a little bit about the meeting that Greg and I had, we met with both Casey Mazzoni, the legislative anal analyst with the Marin Builders Association, and uh, Julie Vieira, of, uh, whoops, whoops, sorry. And I tried to summarize their comments, uh, starting with Casey, uh, with the Marin Builders Association. Uh, they have over 500 members in Marin County. 
not just builders, but uh, banks and colleges and a lot of uh, organizations that are, are part of their, their association. Uh, she was very frank. Uh, both of these women were very frank with us about their impressions of uh, uh, Marin County. And Casey started off by telling us that many Marin contractors just refused to do work in Sausalito due to the onerous permitting processes uh, that they encounter here. Uh, they've come out with a, a position statement on electrification, or they actually call it a natural gas ban, which we uh, don't prefer to, to use that terminology, but they, in their words, they believe that banning natural gas will increase construction costs, decrease consumer choice, reduce energy availability, unforeseen impacts to the grid, increase energy costs, and have a minimal impact on emissions. And I think we could uh, argue or refute almost all of these uh, in one form or another. And we didn't really try to do that with her, but uh, we you know, let her say her piece and, and, and she was you know, very upfront with us and you know, gave us a printed copy of their position paper. And her, her best suggestion was that uh, we create a committee of environmental experts, impacted property owners and building professionals to explore the impacts of a policy and a plan with viable solutions. Um, Julie with the, the chamber, again, was very uh, upfront with us and she indicated how the uh, businesses in, in Sausalito are really struggling. Uh, there are a lot of empty storefronts. Uh, many small businesses are hurting and, and are on the brink of throwing in the towel. One more requirement is a disincentive to stay in business, uh, in her words. The city does not provide marketing or other support for small businesses. Uh, she said only 2% of downtown shopping is by locals. Uh, permitting is extremely slow. Requirements are cumbersome and expensive. Uh, many long-term properties owners don't want to see any change in Sausalito. And she, again, suggests meeting with small businesses and property owners to get, educate and gather feedback on a proposed policy. So this was a real wake-up call for us uh, to hear uh, the frank discussion that we had with uh, both of these uh, uh, representatives of their organizations. And I uh, wanted just to throw this out to the commission and see how we should proceed. You know, in my mind, before we had these meetings, I was really ready to uh, uh, give this to the city council and let them fly with it. And I think I still am, but I think that you know, we should take their advice uh, seriously in terms of communicating with the stakeholders, not just these these organizations, but uh, public outreach to, to homeowners, to businesses, to um, building professionals that do work in, in Sausalito. Uh, and as well, you know, we've co covered a couple of bases with our, our, our building officials here, but um, I'm a little at a quandary about how all this outreach is going to take place. You know, uh, cities like Piedmont and others that have staff that actually perform these duties, you know, that that's, that's one thing, but as a commission, I don't really feel we have the bandwidth or the time to, to engage with all these different actors. Um, but I, I wanted to throw it out and maybe Greg has a, a few words to say uh, about it before we do, but, 
I'd like to hear some discussion about how we proceed from here. Yeah, thank you, Mark. And by the way, thank you for taking the lead on all of this with the, the you know, the need to <laughs> replace our gas emissions with, you know, these more efficient and in many cases, lower cost electric appliances over, you know, their lifetime. So there's a lot of positives to it. Um, my take on it, my, you know, I, we had really good open discussions with both of them and they were very clear about representing their constituents and, and, and not wanting, you know, change. <laughs> and Mark and I talked about it afterwards and, and um, you know, as Mark said, they were, you know, were requesting the, the um, Chamber of Commerce person was requesting we sit down with you know more businesses and talk it through et cetera and and at the end of it you know after sleeping on it I'm like you know what we're the sustainability commission we need to represent you know a high request when it comes to sustainability not a medium one uh, that's the way I feel um, and we also are you know um, volunteers and it's it's in my opinion I think it makes sense to continue with Mark's ordinance as is and pass it on to the city council and let the city council decide what process they think makes sense to move it forward. And if they want our support in that, we were willing to do that. What I don't think makes sense is to ratchet it back at all, just because we're going to hear, you know, negative comments from businesses and things like that. We know that the process will probably be us aiming high and then the city council and the city coming down from that may be somewhat based on their review and, and input they get from, from constituents. Um, if we aim medium, then it's going to be, you know, not achieving what our goals are as a commission. That's my two cents. And if I could add that uh, one, one thing Greg and I discussed is that, you know, whereas where there, there's a big fear factor for the business community, uh, the amount of new construction uh, uh, that's forecast in businesses is relatively minor. Uh, you know, over time, I'm sure there will be a new restaurant here or there, uh, but I, I don't see that as a huge impediment, except as a, a red flag that somebody's going to throw up to say, "Hold on, hold on, we can't go there." Uh, I, I really. Uh, don't think that that should be a, a big objection that should be taken seriously. That, that, that's a great point. This ordinance as it is, is not going to actually impact very many businesses or homes because we just don't have that much major renovation happening, especially on the business side. Um, we may help out on the home side a bit because that happens, but um the fact of the matter is if we go forward with this ordinance, you know, it's an unfortunate fact that we're not gonna actually reduce our emissions that much until we can move forward with replacing, you know, all gas appliances someday. But I, I have a feeling we have to wait for the state or something um, before the city will do that. But anyway, in this case, it's not gonna impact that many people. I think that's a really good point. And, you know, when we look at the, the the pie chart from the early presentation, it's mostly transportation. You know, transportation. It's not you know gas appliances. So while it's a really admirable sort of you know effort in the big matrix of things, um, 
we can clearly see that there are other contributing factors. And these ordinances are fantastic for sort of mitigating emissions. But really, when we look at the pie chart, it's transportation, it's ferries, it's cars, it's all these other things that happen. And so it's good practice, it's best practice, and it's good behaviors, and it's, it's you know, it's well served. But the interpretation that it's this sort of punitive, you know, disorder, I think is sort of misaligned. And, and, and when we look at the big, you know, scope of things, it's so minimal in terms of the application, big remodel, you know, percentage based square footage and so forth. It really is sort of, uh, in some cases, the lost leader. Um, we're being good citizens, we're being a good city, we're, in, 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 you know, we're, we're building these types of programs that provide for good sort of outcomes, but it's not the core source. Well, to, to your point, David, uh, certainly transportation is the biggest wedge of that pie, but natural gas is the second largest. No, I agree with that, which is why I think it's important and it shows a good sort of, you know, best practice. But it's conditioned around remodels, it's conditioned around these sort of major retrofits and what have you. And we have a very, you know, challenging environment here in Sausalito. So I'm very positive about it, which is, you know, the negative effects of like a city council, or sorry, the, um, the Chamber of Commerce that is so punitive is sort of a misdirect right because it isn't punitive it's actually when you look at the bigger pie it's, it's it's not that punitive in terms of the actual application of the ordinance because the ordinance is so descriptive around factors that are rather extraordinary which is a big remodel a big re reconditioning a big sort of um retrofit or what have you when really the the, the benefit in terms of emissions is its transportation factor, which is a big you know, factor of the pie. So I guess where I mitigate this in terms of the offsets is that the interpretation is it's much more punitive than it really is. And it's much more drastic than it really is. And so how to communicate that to the chamber, which is, you know what, it's really not as extraordinary and extreme and costly as you maybe think it is. Yes, we did uh, attempt to, you know, mollify some of her concerns. But, you know, I, I think that she, she hears from small businesses every day calling her up, complaining about how difficult it is to do business in the city and with the city. And, you know, I, I do have some sympathy for that. Uh, no, as do I. My wife does business in the city. So, yeah, I get it. <laughs> Also, you know, I've mentioned the California Building Code before and the upcoming revision that will go into effect a year from January uh, will require all new construction to have um, electric um, heating appliances. So, so for all, all new furnaces and new construction will be heat pumps as of right. January 1st, 2023. So, yeah. Well, I think the the overall trajectory of what's happening in the state is that they're tackling new construction first, and then eventually they'll get on to dealing with existing sources. But, and I think that's a logical uh, progression, but uh, yeah. right now we're, we're taking that first step. Yeah, I mean, what you said 
Mark about resources, I think is spot on. You know, there, there without the Piedmont has a very capable sustainability manager to be shepherding this and working on this full time and meeting with those stakeholders. And, and that's just not what we have here. So finding that balance of how could we, how could we put this over to the city council and give them a tool to help begin the conversation um, could be a first step. At the same time, we know that the state is coming in with, can, can be the heavy on this. It's, it's reminiscent of the single use project, right? Where we were first with the ordinance passed and there was gonna be this big thing where we had to go, go it alone. And when Marin County came on and said, we're gonna do this and it's gonna have some teeth. And we were able to pivot our strategy to be more of a, hey, help us help you. We're your friends. We're going to help you get ready before before Marin County comes in with the heavy. And and so we've done that. We're doing that. And when Marin County comes in, they'll be ready. So maybe there's there's a way that even without the ordinance, let's say it gets stuck, we can still look ahead to that that state bill, and we can say. How can we start communicate? How can we, you know, promote the communication to folks early on to say, get ready? I don't know. I I can't say I'm surprised by the outcome of the meeting, um, but I'm, I'm and thank you all for going and, you know, representing. I'm sure, it was a a tough thing to hear after so much hard work. If I may uh, jump in here, I just wanted to let you know that I did circulate the new draft to the building official and to the director of the um, community development department. And I think it would be um, good to have another meeting uh, with them to kind of discuss the updates. Um, I'm also really glad you looked at that presentation. I thought it was very uh, good material, as well as providing kind of um, a roadmap for public outreach around surveying the community for feedback um, for a draft ordinance before it goes um, to the city council for reading um, that we could potentially discuss um, putting together an outreach plan around the ordinance to, uh, to bring it to the public. Um, and then the, my final note on that was also the, um, the one item that is triggered during the, um, the, the energy uh, efficiency report that is required at time of sale would not add to permitting requirements for construction, but it would add um, to the kind of the level of education of the community as people come into the community and they're looking to make updates to potentially uh, distressed housing that they're purchasing um, that might be useful and not increase um, staff time per se, because that would not be a report generated by staff. It would just be a requirement at time of sale. So I just want to say that I thought that that was a novel uh, and good uh, suggestion from that presentation. Thank you, Elena, for recommending that. I, I really thought it was a great presentation as well. Great. Thank you. Um, any final questions? Okay, do we have public comment on the energy subcommittee? Well, bef before we do, I'd, I, I'd like some consensus on what our next move is gonna be. 
you know, Julie with the chambers suggested we do some type of a meeting with contractors and members of the public before it goes to city council. Uh, uh, do you, should we, is the consensus of the commission that we send it to city council as is? Uh, do we need to get together with um, the building folks and the community development folks first? Uh, what, what's our next step or steps? I would vote that it's what Elena suggested and going there first. I wouldn't suggest us going, going and managing a process of a stakeholder engagement through based on the city council, based on the chamber and the MBA's recommendation. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't suggest that's something we manage. I would say that it needs to go at this point over back to the city for comment. Yeah, I totally agree with that. The chamber has alignment with um, their cohort. And I think the city has to be the governing body in this condition. So I think it's great that the council weighed in. I'm sorry, the chamber weighed in and, you know, but I, I agree with, with Lauren. I, I agree too. Uh, Elena, would you be able to set that meeting up then? Definitely. That would be with me and Greg. Or Greg and I. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I'll uh, I'll circulate sometimes. Thank you. Thank you. Um, one other energy item before we move on is um, the resilience hub for the Bayside MLK School is in progress as a plan from MCE, and uh, we're going to have a meeting with the superintendent on that next week, and then MCE would like to come to our October meeting and present that plan to us in our, at our October meeting. Thanks, Greg. Any other questions, comments? Public comment, Alina? Are there any members of the public president who would like to make comment at this time, please raise your hand in the Zoom application. Um, there are no raised hands at this time. Okay. Um, next up is the Transportation Committee. And I'm going to apologize in advance, by the way. I'm failing you on my first run as chair. To, um, you're, we're going to go over, but we'll, we'll move through quickly. Um, transportation, uh, over to you. Who's gonna Andrew, do you want to jump in? Yeah, I'm happy to jump in. Um, yeah, so I think, you know, uh, a few things, uh, maybe one on sort of the status update of the charging initiative that we've been working on, and then two on uh, sort of a new proposal and idea we have to potentially think about being more efficient, not only on charging and transportation, but maybe across this uh, commission as well. So uh, quickly, I think the, the first part is going to be uh, the short update, which is we still have the same plan in place, but uh, given sort of life instances over the last month or two, not much progress has been made, but we still have sort of the framework for how we're gonna tackle the charging project, which is we have a select number of locations identified. The next step is really thinking through the use case and the design for those locations, and then putting together the sort of option A and option B funding scenarios and business case scenarios. So. All of that information and sort of uh, 
I'd say workload is ready to jump into. So the next step is really just doing the work. So uh, we're targeting, you know, in the next couple of meetings here to have a proposal for this group that we can vote on. I think the, you know, conversation that uh, Greg, David and myself had just the other day though, was actually uh, sort of the second part of what we wanted to discuss and potentially have this group opine on, which was, you know, one of the problems that we've been running into, especially as it relates to the charging proposal is that charging, as well as a lot of the work that we do, touches other commissions and touches other areas of the city. And I think, you know, what we were sort of lamenting on was maybe some of the inefficiency that uh, sort of this public body and some of the rules and structure around how we operate sort of limit us from being a little bit more tactical and efficient in getting things done. So, you know, we were talking about, you know, this idea of a task force, and we were also talking about sort of just some of the uh, sort of recent events that we've seen around the world, uh, you know, using one as an example, uh, Hurricane Ida in New York, and actually hearing the governor there talk about, you know, the stark and sort of brutal reality that the climate crisis and climate change is not something that we should be preparing for anymore, but it's something that we should all get used to. And Greg and David and I came up with this sort of concept that, you know, a lot of what we're building and what we're planning for is is and should be considered now critical infrastructure. So as we think about sort of the work that we're doing and the work that you know, the rest of you all, as well as you know, everyone that's touching the theme of sustainability or you know, climate mitigation, it's really about building critical infrastructure to support where we are in the world today. So I think what we're proposing is actually uh, creating a task force that is a critical infrastructure task force that can pull resources from every commission across the, uh, the city, as well as uh, representatives from the city council uh, to actually put together a very tactical project plan list on things that we can get done together. So we don't have these sort of silos of us coming up with a proposal that goes to city council, then runs into maybe issues with parks and recs or with economic development. So I think that's something that we wanted to discuss with this group was creating a project-based task force to really focus on critical infrastructure projects that solved for sort of this climate crisis or climate change that we're all facing. And I think actually just one last thing and then I'll be quiet is, you know, seeing maybe even, you know, Christine's sort of slide in where Sausalito is on sort of, you know, the, uh, you know, climate reduction or carbon reduction, uh, you know, percentages over the last 15 years. I think, you know, this, proposal in this task force could be solved at helping really uh, sort of change that position of where we stand within the community, which is really looking at individual projects that move the needle and seeing what we can tackle. Amen. <laughs> I like it. And it also makes me think of Greg, our meeting with the city manager, where we, we talked about all that and, and talked about integration and yeah, I, I said my what I always repeat being a, a sustainability person in my day job, which is a good sustainability manager manages themselves out of a job because mm -hmm. they've integrated sustainability everywhere else. And ultimately, while we never want to get rid of our commission, that is our goal is when we when we come up with these ideas and we come up with these tangible things, then they have to go integrate somewhere. In the case of what we just talked about with energy, that's, you know, we're seeing that's going to, that's got to be integrated into the city pretty quick. 
and other things it needs to it needs to incubate somewhere and a task force is a good place so i think it's a great idea my two cents and i think we actually we I, just lauren to that point we did speak about sort of you know hopefully not working ourselves out of a job quite yet because I think, you know, this group can still remain, you know, sort of subject matter experts and really be, uh, you yeah. know, idea hub for thinking about, you know, what to bring to a task force that can then be the execution center for getting these yes. with the right people from the right commissions and a representative like a sustainability, uh, you know, point person from the actual operational yeah. center of the, the city would be wonderful. Yeah, I mean, the, the exactly right. The execution center is perfectly put because there's so much that needs to be done. Greg and I were going over and then the list just gets so much longer. Like, look at we're over time because our list is so long, right? Mm -hmm. but, but those ideas and those lists, we're going to keep having them as time goes on. And that list is going to get longer and longer. The things that really have the meat of the work and the execution, they need to go sit somewhere and get done. And we can't do that with a handful of volunteer commissioners. It has to be all the subject matter experts to do it together. Yeah, no, it makes perfect sense to me. What I'm interested in what Melissa's thought is and on that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I love this uh, really full holistic approach to just integrating sustainability into everything so that it's not just a one-off. I think that that is a serious win-win approach that makes the most sense. And I would agree seeing that Piedmont slide, I was like, yeah, I can't say that this is wrong in terms of the assessment of how we're doing. So, I mean, I'm on board for supporting whatever approach the commission wants to take in terms of getting things done. I think when we, we're not yet at the report out of the city manager meeting, but I think there's a lot that will come out of that in terms of how we move forward and what we do for approaches and being successful. But the more we can just Think about this as something that is critical as a lens for every decision that we make and the more the sustainability commission can kind of tap us on the shoulder in a friendly way to remind us to do that the most the more successful we're going to be but obviously uh i'm here to support whatever approach you want to take to getting things done at the council i like andrew's lens of just making it more across the board something that we all kind of intrinsically think about so and, and, you know, we were talking about this and, and it's, I think Dave came up with the, look, this is critical infrastructure. And we're like, right. oh yeah, right. of course. And, right. and it's kind of like, you know, the city worries about potholes more than they worry about <laughs> climate, you know, impacts. And we've got to just advance the sustainability and climate things into this umbrella or headline of critical infrastructure needs, right. you know, and how to figure out how to do that with Chris and the team and all that. So yeah, okay, good. And it's also that, that concept of critical infrastructure is so relevant right now because what we're really thinking about is how the residents of this community function when there are sort of challenges environmental or, or you know, uh, electrical or, or other types of, when these systems go down. And I referenced sort of the period of time when we had the PG&E blackout and we had no gas stations, we had no grocery stores, we had, you know, a blackout for periods of time and how to respond to that as a community and how to create hubs of resiliency and those ultimately translate into community equity and they ultimately 
end up in this sort of Jedi model, which is, you know, how we think about justice, equality, diversity, and so forth. And so these all are interconnected. And how we, we frame this is around critical infrastructure and, and, you know, to the point of resiliency and so forth, I think it's really a task force and, and, and how we can be prioritized around, let's pick an, an A priority, a B priority, a C priority, and then ultimately make a recommendation to city council that says, here's how we're gonna solve around these particular priorities. Yeah, and I, the one thing I'll add to that because, um, and I don't know, maybe I'm being a little bit too aggressive on this, but I think the, the, the tap on the shoulder for the city council, like, I think that slide that we saw in the beginning where we are last place in terms of our carbon reduction across the community, that should make everyone in the city upset. But I actually think this is less of a tap and this is more of a, this should be sort of a priority across every single commission, as well as the city council, as well as the operational unit. So like Mark's work, I think is a great example, right? Why aren't we giving sort of expedited permits to those people who are uh, sort of using natural gas over other forms of electricity? I mean, we saw that sort of natural gas from a carbon emission perspective produces less carbon emission than, you know, other forms of energy. So I think, you know, there are ways to integrate all of these things across every area of the city. And I think it would be a really interesting sort of challenge to uh, both city council as well as the operational hub, you know, Mark, uh, I should say, sorry, Chris, um, at really seeing if this would be something that they would prioritize, you know, as, you know, again, critical infrastructure instead of fixing potholes, let's fix sort of our footprint on the environment. So where do we take something like that? Elena, Melissa, what would be a next step to, because this isn't something that is going to be a committee for us. This is, is you know, obviously a huge, you know. So we're having, at the city council level, we're having a strategic planning session as it relates to our priorities and our budget, I think in mid-October. I just got a doodle for that around what we're thinking about. So I think it would be helpful to have a letter from the sustainability. I mean, obviously I'll bring these ideas forward to think about it, um, but because it's not, unfortunately the reality of small city government is that we're reactive as opposed to proactive in terms of larger big picture issues. And although that we are obviously in a climate emergency and we have no time to not address these issues, we are still acting as if we have time. In, in the actions that we're taking. So when I think about how we can prioritize resiliency over something like improving potholes, I feel like the strategic planning session that we're having coming up is the best place to make that case. Um, and also as opportunities arise for, so one of the things we were considering for the strategic planning session was commission feedback. And so I think if we, I, and I'll work with the city manager to see how we might provide that in a way that makes sense in terms of written comments. And that might be the best way to begin going into that session. But I mean, yeah, the Piedmont slide is sobering, but that's the reality of where our city government is right now. And so we need to, one, wake up to doing more about it. And I think we have a lot of people on the council who are aware that we're in a climate emergency and are taking real steps to start doing things about it, which is a really good thing that we have that working for us. But like, the given the number of things on the agenda and the urgency for one-offs and, and response, like we have to be proactive about providing 
what's critical and why and, and providing communication to the city council. And I will do everything I can to elevate that communication and mention it when we have committee announcements, but also when we have items not on the agenda for public comment and just mentioning that we received it um, to the best of my ability. But I think in the strategic planning session is a great way to bring this up and then just continued communications to the city council and the public because the public reads the letters that the city council receives because it exists within the agenda. So it makes, makes an impact there too. I don't know, Elena, if you have additional thoughts. Yeah, I mean, this is something that we've um, kind of pondered a little bit in the planning division. And as a part of my role staffing the Sustainability Commission, I also am the city representative to MCAP. And it's um, a lot of other cities do have some kind of um, staff position, the sustainability manager or um, that, that serves as that kind of cross departmental uh, representative that, that kind of pushes forward all of these agendas. However, the caveat to that is that if they're outside of all of the departments, they don't really wield any in intra in, internal department uh, authority. And so, um, and I've heard this is kind of a point of frustration um, that, you know, in order to enact a lot of these things, um, such as like an electrification ordinance, it really has to be coming also from internally, from the building department, from the planning department, because those are the hands that are um, kind of enforcing and enacting a lot of these new codes and, and updates. Um, so in a way it's staffing, but it's not, uh, my suggestion would be not necessarily specific staffing, just more staffing so that there are more hands to actually uh, do the work that is coming down the pipe because it does, a lot of these things do represent a lot more work coming down the pipe, not just the work that we already get right now that we're, you know, as the um, Marin builders uh, attest that we're already behind. And it's true. Um, it's hard to it's hard to keep it's hard to keep up. Um, but um, to have ex so do, I don't know if I'm making myself clear to say that I think that um, supporting staffing at the city to make sure that there are enough hands to do the work when these requirements uh, are made is is important. So would the next step be um, coming up with a letter uh, with, with, you know, under Greg and, and David that, that takes into consideration these points that Melissa and Elena just brought up and that while this might be a great idea, it, it can't just magically happen and, and, and start to flesh it out in the, in the form of a letter in case we, we need to move to that next step. Yeah, let me jump in though, because um, I, I, I understand all this. Um, and yet the city put together a sea level rise task force because it's critical and it's effective as a task force, as a function for the city to help gather all the information and figure out where funding comes from and know what the priorities are, et cetera. And so there's a, there's a simple ask actually here, which is to form a critical infrastructure task force that does the same for the city and prioritizes what we mean by critical infrastructure. How does that sit with sea level? I would see sea level rise as critical infrastructure too. Is there it is. 
Yeah, so, but it, it kind of deserves its own animal, <laughs> I think. But it, And I would say mudslide task force. It's, it's <laughs> like it's all sort of rolls up to just the city function of keeping the city. The city. Yeah. I don't know. You might encounter that feedback, too, just thinking yeah. ahead. So do you all want to flesh that out a little bit more? Is that is that the next step on that? Or do you have what you need to, or do you need to discuss it more or ask specific questions? Specific questions on the difference between sea level rise and critical. Well, no, just just do you have what you all need to to move this forward? Considering it sounds like everyone thinks it's generally a good idea, but there's a lot of, you know there's some next steps to happen. You guys feel comfortable with what those are? I think um, if I heard Melissa correctly, the strategic discussion is going to decide how they want to get input from the commissions. And if, if that's the case, if it's Maybe no, we are not quite. we're just having a strategic conversation. We may ask for feedback from the commission's written feedback prior to that. So if that's the case, then we would need to then we would need to put it in a letter. As soon as I know, I'll tell you. Yeah. But I don't we don't even have a date for that meeting yet. So I'm not sure exactly what will entail. I know we talked about getting and asking for feedback from commission. So I'm hopeful that that will be a part of it. Um, I mean, I will stay in touch with Lauren about what's requested so that we can make sure that sustainability gives input, but there isn't enough guidance to say at this point. Okay, so it sounds like we will be ready to provide our input when that's worked out. Yeah. And I think, Lauren, your, your point's not a, a not a glossed over. I think we can connect with the sea level rise task force, one, to maybe get learnings from how that was formed and sort of chartered, as well as to make sure that it is supplementative and sort of complementary and not duplicative. Yeah, right, exactly. Sounds good. Okay, any final thoughts before upper transportation, before moving to public comment? Okay, public comment. there are any members of the public present who would like to make a comment, please raise your hand in the Zoom application. And there are no raised hands at this time. Okay, so let's segue into that previously discussed sea level task rise for a quick, hopefully, quick. update. Very quick update is the sea level rise task force will be presenting at our next commission meeting on in October. Cool. <laughs> Okay. Do we need to ask the public for comment on that? <laughs> uh, no, I just also wanted to um, remind um, of a outreach that we had from Captain Bill Frass of the Community Safety Disaster uh, Committee. Um, they wanted to work, they wanted to potentially also be present for that. Uh, presentation in October and and discuss with the Sustainability Commission now they can work together on that. Um, but I'll leave that in your hands to decide how you want to manage that conversation. Yeah, yeah, Elena, I think there there was some either I'm missing something or there was some confusion. But my understanding is that that he wants a separate meeting 
he asked for a meeting with the Sustainability Commission because he thought we were covering sea level rise. But then we informed him that there's a separate sea level rise task force. So I think the request is that there's a meeting between the task force and him. It doesn't have to be the it doesn't have to be Sustainability Commission, in other words. <laughs> hey there. Hey there. <laughs> visitor. Um, okay, uh, so if you want, he wanted to meet in October sometime. So you know, either they can, you know, come for your presentation to the yeah. to the Sustainability Commission or otherwise. Yeah, I guess it's his option to either join because sea level rise is presenting at our meeting or do something separate. I guess that's how it is. Okay, good. Okay. All right, we don't need public comment on that, right? No. Okay. All right, next up, and these uh, I think will move pretty quickly. Um, the update from our meeting with the city manager, we've alluded to a couple of times, but maybe for a quick summary, Greg. Yeah, quickly, um, we presented our mission and our role, and we presented the you know fact that we're going to move into these action tracker priority processes. Um, I was not expecting a lot, but I came out of that meeting very, very encouraged because Chris Zapata, who's now our city manager, was all over it, and he was completely absorbing and knowing the need for all of this to be, you know, moved forward. He was thanking us for everything we've done and appreciated it all. He's had experience in big cities like Anaheim and San Leandro, so he's coming to us with a lot of background. And at the end of the meeting, he basically said, you know what, I really want to find a sustainability manager role for the city because we need it. And that was the kind of the exclamation point on the meeting. So that was good. Yeah, and I don't have much to add other than, you know, we were really pleased with the reaction and impressed by Chris and what he clearly is bringing to the table for the city and his experience. And he was just, he was very enthusiastic, supportive. I, I was you know, made me feel comfortable that you know, if we need something, we we can feel comfortable asking, and 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 he'll understand where we're coming from. And um, yeah, it it was it was great. Anything from you, Melissa? You were the the third person here present. Yeah, I was just really happy that we were able to organize that meeting, and it's clear that he was super impressed by everything that the commission is doing and on board to help. And I was thrilled absolutely thrilled when he said he wanted to find a sustainability manager. I think that would really, really help us move our initiatives forward. And I think it's really critical. So he seems on board. He was certainly impressed. And I think you guys, just a note to say, I think you did a great job of presenting to him the priorities, the document that shows what we're working on. And you really showed, hey, we're a serious commission with a serious mission and we're working towards real progress. So get on board. And I think he was impressed. Cool. Anybody have questions for us on that? Yes. What, what would be the process for creating a position like that? Can the city manager do that on his own or does that take city council? It kind of depends. I mean, sometimes it's a consent calendar related position, which means like it would just be listed as something non-controversial. Um, we have to consider our budget. It should be something that the city manager can potentially create depending on staffing needs. We are in a serious budget deficit. So I know it's a priority for Chris, but I know it will also take um, making a case for why we would do it. So um, I will circle back with him and see what his thoughts are on it. I know it's something he considers a priority. 
Great. Um, anyone else? Public comment. If there are any members of the public present who would like to make comment at this time, please use the raise hand feature in your Zoom application. I see no raised hands at this time. Okay. Um, creation of a water liaison to address drought. You'll see that liaison word there again. And that's, you know, really trying to limit, <laughs> trying to limit over committing uh, where we don't need it, right? And the fact is that there is a lot of work being done on water. Um, this presentation um, from the water district was very comprehensive, had a lot of actions, and it's really the city that's, you know, got these actions that need, need to take. There isn't really a, a clear, from a support perspective, obviously we're all over it and, and we, we want all this, but, but in terms of this is really already an execution. And so the thought was, could we create a water liaison to really stay connected with the city and find out how, how can we help versus taking it on as a committee and doing work that's not needed because we're, we're sort of past that stage. The, the, the water district, the city are already doing things. Greg, did I articulate that the way we had discussed or do you have anything to add? No, yeah, that was right. It's just, it's how do we support the city in the initiatives for, for water conservation, yeah, water use. And so I think what we wanna do is we wanna ask if anyone's inter interested in this position. I know that, you know, there uh, people have had good ideas in the past. I know David, you mentioned experience with that in the past and he raised his hand. Does that mean that's that's you volunteering? <laughs> is he raising his yeah. hand? <laughs> yeah, this is a, I mean, I do so much work in water and have been on NGOs and been on boards with water and I'm part of WIA, which is the Water Incubation Accelerator, which is a global effort around water equity. Um, yeah. I run a water fund. I mean, by default, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like it's it's a it's a space I know very well. <laughs> I I'd be lying if I said Greg and I when we were talking about this didn't say I think David has a lot of experience here. My yeah, I got I got a lot of water experience. Yeah, but but certainly anyone else is welcome to raise hands and and if, if you're extremely passionate and maybe it becomes a committee. Who knows? Anyone else feeling passionate about getting involved in is a water liaison. Good luck topping David after what he just said, but anyone else passionate? <laughs> <laughs> no, water, water, I, I've been involved with water for the better part of 15 years and, you know, it's, 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 it's a tough one, um, but there's some good skill sets, just good tools and happy to throw my hat in the ring and run with it. David, I don't know. I, I drink water daily, so I don't, I might be as qualified as you. <laughs> well i think the standard is three days without water we start to perish so okay. uh all well, right well, well with that i'm going to say cheers yes <laughs> not fair i don't have any water in my car <laughs> uh, okay well if there are no other volunteers to pitch their water experience and offer to be liaison i'll move that um david become our new water liaison 
Do have a second? Second. All right. I'll call the roll. Commissioner Palmer. Aye. Commissioner Cornelia. Aye. Commissioner Cooper. Aye. Commissioner Thompson. Aye. And Chair Wiley. Aye. Our motion carries. Fantastic. Thank you, David. And I think, you know, the plan there is, is, is maybe, I don't know, Elena, that would be something that you could help David figure out how to plug in and who to plug in with and, and where to start there between now and the next meeting. Okay. I'm pretty passionate about water as well. It's a, something I have a lot of background in. So I'm happy to work with David on that. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. There's lots of, um, a lot of background, some programs that we've developed and various sort of applications and communities. So we, we discussed this a little bit the other day when the transportation committee got together. Um, but yeah, happy to, to do what I can and at least get buy-in and start to, to sort of elevate the conversation. So good stuff. Awesome. Thank you. Um, do we need public comment on that, Elena? We can hold off to the end of the meeting. Okay, no. let's move to future agenda items. We're almost at the finish line. We are at the finish line. Um, what I heard was uh, the something about a, a disaster preparedness discussion, um, Melissa, that you said at the top, and I just wanted to clarify you think that we should get the disaster preparedness uh, commission? I think we should do a joint meeting at some point in Q1 of 2022. Okay. It's gonna okay. take a while to organize. So it's just something to consider now. We have okay. time, but I just think it's something we should do going forward. Okay. And also probably makes sense once we figure out this critical infrastructure piece, right. You know that could play into that. And maybe that's made redundant that need because we're already connected through that. Um, Okay, any future agenda items? We've already discussed MCE coming in October. Yeah, so MCE presenting on the Bayside Resilience Hub Plan in October. Um, the SLR, the sea level rise task force will present, but that can be in the sea level rise liaison section. And it, unless you wanna put it in external, it's either way. Um, it and depends Martin, how long it is, I think. What's that? It depends how, how long and do we have if we have external speakers i think elena do we have to put that up top if it's an external presentation uh, that organization happens within the last year and you can organize the agenda any way you want if you want an okay. external speaker okay. somewhere further down you can do that i think it was just done as a courtesy to not make external speakers wait through ah, okay all agenda. right and they so can go got... that's fine they can go at the top and we'll just that'll that'll be the you know the the gist of the SLR update, sea level rise update. And then Mark, did you wanna have Laura Faye of Fairfax come in October? Uh, yes, as I mentioned last month, uh, it wouldn't work out for this meeting, but uh, Laura and her husband, Walt uh, Vernon are both available to uh, make a brief presentation on Fairfax's uh, water initiatives uh, at our October meeting, uh, if, if that's... Uh, uh, what, 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 what we can do. I defer to David on, on that, if he'd like to meet with them separately to, to, to 
chat first or or if we just bring them if they just want to do a presentation or what what the what the efficient way to go about that is i'm not sure what the i know they want to share their tips i know walt um uh i don't know i don't are they just wanting to share what fairfax has done um well they've made it made a proposal and i don't know where it stands right now with the town council but they're requesting uh two and a half ftes of uh staff time to manage a partnership with marin water to do a kind of a neighbor to neighbor uh, outreach campaign on uh, conservation issues, uh, uh, laundry to landscape, uh, gray water uh, in, in homes, um, uh, uh, converting uh, turf to low water use um, applications. And uh, I, I think it would be beneficial for us to hear from them. Okay. Yeah, sounds will, good. Um, yeah, sounds good. Yep, I mean, I'm really curious. I mean, they have a, we all have a very severe sort of water challenge. And so curious to hear how they're thinking about that. I mean, David, if, if you'd like to uh, talk with Laura and or Walt beforehand, that's, I can certainly arrange that. Yeah, please do. Okay. Okay, so Fairfax. Um, it got dark, so I'm in the dark. Sorry. <laughs> David, did you have another suggestion or were you raising your hand there? For no, I don't know how to get the I don't know how to get the hand down. I'm oh. sorry. <laughs> Any other it won't go away. There we go. It went away. All right. No. I think it'd be great. If you want to set that up, please do. Yeah. Any other future agenda items? I did have one here about um, the, the Mark's great idea about where the rate review increase money is going and where we go from there. That's not so much a future agenda item, but perhaps an action to explore for, I don't know if it's Elena, Melissa, how do we move on that? I don't think it's me. I will ask the city manager about that and circle back with you guys to see what the allocations are and if it goes to the general fund and how we have the paper going to the commission. Cool, cool. All right. Other than that, um, we'll we'll keep our updates. We're going to have our trackers, though, right? So the big takeaway from us for us is Greg is going to send you your tracker. Um, I think Greg and I have a lot of single committee stuff, so we'll probably be doing a lot. There shouldn't leave that much more. It should be fairly straightforward. But if we could use that next time, we should be able to get through our updates uh, because everything that we're really working on should be there. And maybe that will speed us up a little bit. Um, sorry for keeping you over. Thank you, everyone. Um, you. The time is 8.31 and we are adjourned. Thanks, Lauren. Thank you. Good night, everybody. It's the 14th. See you then. Night. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Night. Bye.